0: era of independent music celebration indecent exposure you were convicted of
1: indecent exposure for the third time that's exactly what it is there Point dexter it is four counts of indecent exposure
0: you're going to be exposed to some gritty realism and this episode is what you're going to be and uh, hey today is saturday july 11th 2015 i am your host jason velazquez Thanks for tuning into Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass, GreylockGlass.com. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the new release, Milltown, from Jeb Barry. Now, Jeb Berry is a native son of the North County Berkshires, and he has seen North Adams uh, in the decline, in the post-industrial decline, uh, and he... You know, he knows wherever he speaks when he talks about the sings about, talks about and sings about uh, some of the destitution, the desolation, the desperation that happens when the jobs just get sucked away and uh, leave a population kind of struggling to figure out what just happened there. And some of this sort of emotional, psychological wreckage. Uh, and fallout that occurs in such places. So when I say um, it's gritty, I'm saying gritty like sand in your egg salad sandwich gritty. Um, it's not a pretty picture that uh, Jeb paints, but it's one that has to be painted, and it's one that's been you know, discussed before. I know some people have um, have noted that he's got some resemblances to Steve Earle. I would point out that some of the themes have been... Uh, have been explored pretty heavily by oh i don't know everybody from Billy Joel to uh, Bruce springsteen to bon jovi to to Woody Guthrie to you know all the way back for some reason when we're talking roots music americana um we keep coming back to hard times, and there is a reason for that it's because only folk roots blues um you know these Music of the people um, talks about the experiences of the people. It's not uh, it's not the music of kings. Uh, let's get to that interview with Jeb Barry here on Indecent Exposure. <laughs> Jeb Barry, it is so good to have you here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. How are you doing?
2: Good. How are you doing? Thanks for asking
0: me to come on. Oh, you're you're certainly welcome. Thanks for taking the time out. I know that you're busy. No problem. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be on the road in just a little bit. You're going to Nashville, um, and uh, and certainly things are heating up in this area too. So uh, I just I wanted to make sure that we talked about this uh, this new CD, this new album that's just come out, Milltown. Did it, well, when did it come out?
2: It's actually coming out tomorrow technically. So uh, it would be July 10th. So, ah, but I, so. It, some of the radio stations have some advanced copies of it. So.
0: Okay, well that's awesome. I feel especially privileged. I don't usually get to get stuff before it's officially out. I must be moving up in the uh in the podcast world. Um <laughs> <laughs> if there can be such a thing, right? Um, well Milltown, I've given it a listen and I got to tell you, it's a really I'm really impressed by the uh not only the craftsmanship but the heart that goes into it. What's the what would you say the source of this, uh, of the, the the themes here, or ex- explain where it comes from.
2: Mostly, um, I was planning on doing a bunch of songs, like about 40 to 50 songs for a double CD, and I started recording this winter, which I usually do. And then I noticed a lot of them had this, you know, small town where I live, you know, in Adams, North Adams, Massachusetts, which is an old mill town, you know, they're kind of dead mill towns now, and there's not much else going on. And I started looking at, you know, the more the hard side of it, which... A lot of people do leave these you know this life around here a lot of people kind of ignore it, but a lot of people it is hard for a lot of people around here. so I just crafted the song or picked the songs that were on that theme of you know being in a you know a mill town that is not no longer a mill town and went with that
0: yeah, it's true that uh it, it, you can hear people talk about how the economy is improving the economy is improving, but in certain places, especially these old mill towns it doesn't always feel like that does it
2: no not at all and when I travel around like you know and I'm past you know playing shows down south and I've been to, you know, other mill town it's pretty much the same thing it's really not much different you know there's not a lot of high paying jobs and there's not a lot of opportunities and that's why a lot of people don't stay here you know people that can get out you know they get out if they can but no. a lot of people are, you know are stuck here
0: now did you grow up in either in North Adams or in this area
2: I, I did. I was born in North Adams and grew up in Adams. So, so you back in s- you know it when he and I did work in the mills and did all that stuff before I went back to school. And, um, so I knew what it was like. And my you know my father he was um, worked at the local um, mill, but he was in the management of or the research development at break. So he was a you know white collar, but most of my friends, you know parents and that were blue collar mill workers really
0: and yeah, my father was in as in factory work and uh he started out on the shop floor um you know he would be he'd be on a machine and eventually through hard work and determination he became a lead man then foreman then an assistant superintendent yep. you know he moved up until he was management too and uh he kind of saw it coming he saw um the changes happening in in the mills and the factories, and saw that it was that you know the writing was on the wall. Uh, he, exactly. he noticed it when he saw that uh, some of the people of his vintage were retiring and being replaced by, and this is no slight against people who have a college degree, but people who didn't have the years of experience. Um, you know right. on, on paper, they had qualifications, but you know when you 're talking about manufacturing there 's a lot of things that you have to kind of know that you only get over time uh and From
2: then, experience of work there exactly. yeah,
0: yeah, and so he said you know to me he said don 't think that this is even going to be an option you know don 't yeah. don 't think that this is going to be an option for you you 're not going to get a chance to uh to get a job, stay there, and work your way up because um, the jobs are going away, and and you know he said that probably ten or fifteen years before it was really readily obvious to to the rest of us.
2: Yeah, and that's like why the song Middletown Number Two, you know, for years they say, oh, I got to write something about you know, local, and I never came up with a good song. So I started thinking about this, and I had to come, I had come up with a song about you know what it's really like around here, and that was about you know. um you don't have that opportunity you know, just now the you know, pressure is you know you got to you can't get out of high school and go into the mills and work your way up and have a good job and a house and all that It just isn't the, the reality is gone
0: yeah well it's uh, it's a funny thing too um, i notice and, and this is my prediction and and i could be dead wrong about this but what i'm seeing is a lot of cottage industries popping up you know we see it in terms of art here in in Berkshire County but I also see it in terms of a lot of you know there's a there's a guy who makes picnic benches you know he builds and sells picnic benches I see another uh, I drive by another guy who sells dog houses and there's yeah. this little you know very small family-based manufacturer. I mean it's it's manufacturing and it's in the back it's in his garage but it's still a sort of you know individualized um entrepreneurial um manufacturing that that seems I think it's going to be a new wave of independent ownership is is what I, I see coming. I think I see it coming.
2: It could be because, but then again, you have, you have a whole like population that is not that ambitious and doesn't fit into it, and you know what kind of we really become like a service industry place around here. You have you know like the hospitals and you know the the old age homes and that, and you know Walmart are the people you know those are big employers locally, really, for a lot of people that don't have the education skills or anything like that.
0: It's a funny thing. I agree that there's a there's a huge population that they don't doesn't even know how to cook, you know, let alone you know they don't even recognize what you know. You, they couldn't find you a bunch of kale or Swiss chard or a sweet potato if you asked them to. Um, but I think that people are surprisingly resilient and flexible, and when they discover that they don't have a choice. Uh, a good number of people, all of a sudden, they seem to snap to and, and figure out how to get by. I, I won't count us out just yet, but um, I think that you're right. I think that um, there is, if we were to have another um, big economic, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, recession, depression, whatever. I don't know that we're really ready for that. Um, yeah. But we're and we're we're, look, we're staring one in the face, though.
2: Yeah, what I always focus on, you know, they, like, you know, I have so many people say, "Oh, we need the mills to come back." They remember I said, and I try to tell them it's not going to happen. You have to have something else to replace it, and it's not going to be like that mass industry, you know, where you had, you know, even though the payment have not been great, you still, you know, back, you know, in the seventies, eighties, you had a lot more buying power, that you don't really have today either.
0: It's true. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that when they say, "Yeah, know, well, no," the, the family income really hasn't gone down that much since nineteen seventy five. What they don't tell you is that the family income was one salary, one you know yeah. forty-hour-a-week job, not two people yeah. working full time.
2: Right, or more than that. I know. Some people working you know two, three jobs in that, and just, you know both them and their husband or wife or whatever. And it wasn't like that when I was younger and didn't have to do all that stuff.
0: So let's let's return to the music and how yeah. this is reflected in that. What um, would you say that you tried? You you tried to tell these stories or would you say that you couldn't not tell these stories even if you tried?
2: Probably could not because I, I didn't realize, you know, because um, I do tend to work on that bluegrass kind of thing with darker themes for a lot of the songs that I do that seems to stand out a lot in um, the music and what it's become known for. But I just noticed that, you know, all these songs connected to the people living in, you know, not the best places and how it was affecting them or... um you know how the um atmosphere in those types of towns was um coming through it kind of seeped through a lot of the songs
0: it does it does and and not not buffered or or prettied up in any way in some cases no. i mean these are pretty raw songs i mean you know um i would say that you know 10 dollar girl is that's a pretty well now uh that yeah. and and uh drag the river all of them. All of them. They are they're authentic and um and not always comfortable to l- to listen to, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and they shouldn't be, I wouldn't think.
2: No, and that's a whole, that was the whole point. It's, you know, the show the you know, like I said, it's not everybody who lives this life, but it's a quite a few people that do and it's it's a rough life and you know, it's a daily struggle for a lot of things. And a lot of the songs came out, the you know, like only ten dollar girl came out just, you know, observations I've seen over the years around town. You know, I've I've known people that said, you know, oh, they would never settle down and marry a local girl and that kind of thing. And then they're doing it. And um, they say, well, you know, I had one guy years ago and he goes, well, and I, you know, I settled for that, you know, and then I, that always stuck with me. So,
0: hmm. so yeah, there's, it's uh, it's not always, I mean, it's not always desperation that you see outright. I mean, a lot of people know the, 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 the expression, uh, the, the, was it the massive men lead lives of quiet desperation it doesn't always have to get to that point, does it? To be to be kind of a wearing. It kinda makes your soul feel a little threadbare, uh, when you're facing the same realities day in and day out and you don't see any other way.
2: Exactly, yeah. And that's what you know and that's I guess, you know, for a lot of people, that's life no matter what social economic level you're on, but um like I said, I just trying to focus on, you know what's nothing's really changed in this town since the middle left. It's, you know, the pay hasn't gone up, you know, it hasn't, you know, we've seen struggles now, like with school districts trying to get money just to keep going each year, and it's not going to get any better. Mm. Unless, you know, things change on different levels.
0: Now, what about this style of music lends itself so well to these themes? I mean, you, you've you described it as, as Americana, as folk, as bluegrass, uh, bluegrass style. What about this this variety of music? Is, is perfect, is a perfect fit for these themes.
2: Yeah, it's a little more serious. I call it Hard Dark Americana, style, which is, well, like I tell people, if you listen to it, it's really like Bluegrass Slow Down with all the instrumentation with the more serious, little darker themes to it, um, which lends itself to the whole theme of the project. That's why the songs I picked out all tended to it at least partially reflect that kind of seriousness about the issue they're not light pop they're you know fun pop all that for
3: sure just another one out town like too many others around it holds no hope no promises anymore in my daddy's day you could find honest pay with no college Education There'd be a nice car And home Then the 80s came Overnight everything changed And there's an empty dirt lot Where those lives were made But not now No one ever gets out of the cold grave of a mill town On Main Street there's a blinking red light Some think it's a warning sign It's the last thing anyone sees Before the cemetery And all that's left is the pit Hard work if you can get it Still you end up with a life Your parents swore you'd never see The lucky break free College or the military but not those children with children outside Mickey D's Just hanging around No one ever gets out of the cold grave of a mill town. Walmart parking lot Too many cars With rust and ride And three jobs Might pay the rent But who will watch the kids A few hold on to dreams Throw their pennies On the lottery And pray that winter's Not too cold When they shut off The electric In this old neighborhood Once upon a time I could Name every family passing by Now nobody looks Or makes a sound No one ever gets out of the cold grave of a mill town one ever gets out of the cold
0: grave of a mill town. Now, I have had this discussion before with people, and I'm gonna ask you, um, you know, when people listen to a lot of Roots music, Americana, um right. they they hear strains of, of country and they think that it's a southern, you know, it's a southern style. Now, do does New England have its own sound? Or are we developing our own sound, or are we just borrowing from the South?
2: No, I think it's um, a little bit of both, really. I think we, I, I don't see a lot of original music in this area per se. But like New England, some other people I play. They still, you know, since the roots music, you know, started taking off in the last, you know, five or ten years or so, you feel a lot more of that influence of it. Um, but when they go down south, it seems to me a lot more natural because they have had that little more background in. The bluegrass in in the um, country and all the other in the blues and everything, and it seems to and it seems to be more of a mixture. Up in New England, I think it's a little more secluded. Like songwriters, you know, we have a lot around here, but they're all like kind of secluded, ended up developing their own style, which a lot of it is um, based on that roots music. But in a more, um, I would say, it's more pop way in, in and what to a degree. There we With go. Less of that
0: country influence. Yeah, so it's, kinda, it's, it's kind of. dot th- but. No, yeah. you know, I I don't have an answer to it. I just I always you know, yeah. you you can go back to you know early, well no, we're not going to say early. We're going to say you know late twentieth century folk, and you can you can certainly pick out New England examples of it. I mean, you know, you got Arlo and you got Pete Seeger and you've got uh, right. um you know, uh, you know CS more
2: the folk based. You know, I see that a lot of songwriters doing more folk based. Which um, I've never really not into that as much as you know, the country and bluegrass and the, and a little rock too influence.
0: I tend to tend to like the idea that there's a current, of of similar sounds that sort of runs up and down the Appalachian Trail, you know, because it goes yeah. from Maine to Georgia, and maybe maybe it overflows its banks a little bit here and there, and so so we all have. We all can lay claim to some of that—that that roots, folk, bluegrass, etc. Because it yeah, its you know—it's in our backyard, right? Now we,
2: you know we're, we we are pretty much as you know a rural mountain area as much as any place I've seen down south too, which a lot of people don't realize, but it's how it is.
0: Hopefully, uh, the arts movement in the Berkshires will help out a bit. Hopefully, some independent. Uh, manufacturing will help out, and maybe maybe, maybe there'll be some kind of a renaissance. I don't know what it'll be. It could be tech. I suppose it could be tech jobs.
2: Hopefully it's something that tracks, you know, like I think the art thing is a good art and music thing. is a good place to start, and that what you are seeing with like Mass Mocha, with even the shows and concerts, you know, the Wilco and the Fresh Grass are coming. It's a big thing that's bringing more of those, you know, educated people that might want to decide, hey, I might want to start a business here or something or a tech industry. So... You know, people say, "Oh, it's a waste of time," but I think there's, you know, a lot of people that still think the mills will come back and you're going to have good-paying jobs. And I don't, you know, that I think that ship has failed.
0: Yeah, I think it has. I think that it, it, as we know it, those buildings m- could be occupied by something. I mean, I know right. that there are at least two. I know of the two incubators that we have in in North Adams, uh, and they're basically tech incubators. And what a lot of people forget is that even though they're tech. Companies that are starting they will need support businesses i mean everything yeah. from everything from a place to get lunch uh to a place to get your clothes dry cleaned to a place i mean people who work there are gonna need stuff so
2: yeah, and that's just like you know it, it, like the mill used to be you know, it wasn't not everybody worked in the mills, but it was it affected everyone's life in a way, and now you have to look at something a little more um you know specific and smaller. And more concentrated. Uh, my disappointment is it's not that you know we have a great arts and theater and thing um, scene up here, and especially like in Southern Mercer, music scene for original music is kind of limited, though.
0: You've noticed that too, have you?
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: What are we going to do about that?
2: I don't know we have. a, I have from my friend Carl Mullen, who's a musician too, and he has. Um, he puts on house shows at his house, and um, so he brings in people that are traveling, and they, you know. You could pay ten dollars and go and see it. You know, what I mean, that's a start. So Those types of things are start starting to help, but it's still a long way to go, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I a lot of the acts that I've had on Indecent Exposure are Pioneer Valley bands, right? And which and, is more open to that? Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, well, there's there are a number of factors that you know we could get into. I mean, a it's the five colleges area. So they right. have a they have not only a built-in audience, they also have a built-in bunch of musicians. I mean, every year there's a, there's you know new musicians entering the scene and they do have places to play, but I think I think the Berkshire's I think we do have the audience and I do think we do have the the musicians. Um it may not be as concentrated geographically as it is in like Amherst and Northampton, but it's not bad. I mean, Pittsfield is a pretty good center of of, you know, life. But we don't have the we don't have the venues,
2: right? The listening venues. you have and you know, like people. That's why the last I don't play a lot around here because I do only like five or six shows. Because I usually put a listener in those people sit and listen, and as you know, I usually only do like a forty-five minute set at the most. And but most people say, "Oh, come down, you know, play at my restaurant bar, you know, and, you know the three hour." room I said, "People want to hear cover songs; or they don't want to hear the original stuff." And that's where you know we're pretty much. A covered area, for a lot of place, a lot of
0: people. Well, that's one of the reasons indecent exposure is here to turn people on to go. original <laughs> new music right here in the Berkshires. Um,
2: yeah, and so that's what we want.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's a big reason why I'm doing what I'm doing because I've listened to. Cl- I mean, I still love classic rock, but I've heard it enough. I've heard it for the last 35 years. There's other stuff to hear, and there's other musicians who would really like your attention, people. They would like to have your undivided attention for three and a half minutes, so they can play you a song that they worked really hard on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my soapbox. <laughs> I feel the same way. I didn't,
2: you know. I, I think if I've always been into music. I always got you know bored with it. Pretty, I listen to it so intensely, and then I you know get sick of it. I don't want to hear like you said the same songs over and over. I didn't get sick of the songs. I, I don't listen even listen to my uh, my stuff at all unless I'm playing it. That's it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Well, I, I think what I, you know what, this conversation has just given birth to an idea. You want to, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, it is that we're going to compile here at Indecent Exposure a list of every venue that we know of that has any kind of, you know, space to play in the Berkshires, mostly from well, the whole Berkshires. I think people will travel down to South County if it's if they like the band, right? I mean, they'll they'll travel yeah, that far. I so, think so, so we'll do that, and then we're going to compile a list of places that would be great venues. We just need to talk to the uh, proprietors and say, "Listen, we can we can pack this place." You know, maybe the deal is to actually take things into our own hands, approach the owners, the restaurateurs, and say, "You've got a great space here." And we can all, you know, the the musicians can have a place to play. The audience can have a, have some new tunes, and we can all make a little bit of cha- a little bit of coin on a Friday night. Exactly. So I it's, think
2: it's tough, though. Cause you know, um, like I said, it's, there's a few places that do play it, but then they it's kind even of, you know, like Dreamway, even that is still, you know, they they like who they like. You know, it seems to be the same people. Um and I have a lot of friends who musicians that do the cover stuff and that's all they do and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um but there's also a lot of people that I've seen from playing other shows, you know, in the, area of the original stuff. There's there's a there is an audience for that.
0: There is. And there's you know, you could do a mixed show too. I mean plenty of I yeah. And I was in bands, you know, once upon a time and we would have to do that. You know, you play about half of the tunes were cover tunes and then you'd sneak in your own tunes as you could. Um and yeah, hope that's what a
2: lot of also do too around here.
0: you have to yeah so yeah we'll we're, we're gonna yeah. come up with a database of venues and possible venues and uh and maybe we'll we'll convince some proprietors to uh to open up some space um some floor space and some some schedule space and create new venues um if the towns also are willing to play ball because you know you this doesn't happen in a vacuum, you have to have buy in you have to, you know, the town has to know that there are going to be people um, congregating on a Friday night that might not normally be there. You know, the local law enforcement kind of like to know that sort of thing, too. Yeah. So you got to kind of work with everybody to, to make it happen. And and I have found that out, that you, you really don't want to try and just go off on your own and create this this thing without thinking about who else it impacts. Uh, there's always neighbors who might complain. There's always eh, So, yeah. Yep. there's a lot you have to deal with. But uh, but that doesn't mean that it's not it's not doable. You just have to think about these things things in advance. Um, so let's talk about your since we're talking about venues and we're talking about uh, you know live shows here. What uh, you're you're going down to Nashville to play? A, you know a couple of yeah. Games. I go
2: down every year and play down there, like the Bluebird and you know some of that. And um, Commodore, Commodore is a uh, writer's service. That's what I'm doing this year. Is, I'm not sure I'm playing the Bluebird this year. they call me twice to fit me in, but they haven't been into the the, the openings they're having is not when I'm usually uh, there so mm-hmm. but the I'm doing a um, songwriter circle with um a songwriter called Amanda Williams, who's a friend of mine she's got a um one of her songs just got on the new Garth Brooks album, so she has a lot going on down there and so you know we're just doing a lot of you know socializing I meet a lot of people I hang out. Mostly in East Nashville, where most of the musicians hang out, and you're always meeting someone there. Um, uh, Sarah Potenza, who was on the Voice this year. She, um, she's a friend of mine from down East Nashville, so.
0: Huh. So there's an insider. T- there's an insider tip, people. You heard it here. If you want to go to Nashville and rub elbows with the musicians and the songwriters, they're in East Nashville, not yeah. not where the tourists yeah. hang out.
2: So, God, no, it's, it's it's only like a mile away, but just across the river. It's like I seldom go down to the um, you know, the honky tonks for all the tourists just to It's just really, you know, tourists looking for you know songs they know, like cover bands. And that's what it is, yeah. and they're pretty good bands. Let me tell you, but it's like if you want. Then you go across the river and see the original music is right across the river. Sweet.
0: So you're going to be down there for a little while, and then you're going to come back here, and you're hoping to be back in time for fresh grass. Is that true?
2: Yeah, hopefully I'll get to play there again this year. Um, but they um, offer like a s- small stage for a lot of the acts that are playing there or coming to visit. some of the local acts, you know, like Carl um, Bowman, the guy I was talking about. He has a new band out called Long Journey. He um, they do a lot over there, too.
0: Yeah, no, I just had him on uh, the other show here, the uh, uh, the Will Call, which is our arts yeah. and culture show. And, um, and yeah, he's a great artist too. Yeah, he really is. Um, great style. He, you know, I don't know how he has time to do everything that he does either. I can't seem to manage to get as much done uh, in a day as he gets done in a morning. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got that. I didn't even talk to him about his music. I didn't talk to him about his art. I talked to him about James Joyce's... Um, you listen, oh, yeah. They, uh, you listen, yep. Bloomsday there. Uh, yeah, with the reading of it every year. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there's like, you know, that was 20 minutes of of James Joyce. Uh, discussion and I didn't even get a chance to talk to him about you know the other things, which I mean, I like, we'll just have to get him on again. Um, exactly. But uh, all right, so you're gonna be you're gonna be sending me an email, I'm sure though, when you when you have other gigs in the area, because I will definitely plug those shows. Um, because sure, because people need to uh, people need to hear this, and I have a feeling that as good as it sounds on the album, uh, live is I think the way you want to hear this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but until then, where can people go to pick up the CD as of tomorrow?
2: Um, as of tomorrow, you have to go to my website. Um, there's, you can order it there. After and then it won't be on iTunes and every and Amazon and that for another week and a half or so. So after that, you can order it. You know, you can download download it there. if you want the real CD, you have to go to the website, which is JebBerry.com. It's pretty simple.
0: JebBerry.com. Uh, that's dot com, And as always, we'll have links in the show notes uh, to that. And for those of you who don't know, the show notes are basically just the sort of blog post that accompanies this recording. So when you go to GreylockGlass.com, look for the, the menu link that says Indecent Exposure and click that. And that'll take you to the most recent episode. Um, I don't even know what number it is. We're like seven or eight or nine. I don't know but uh but yeah you'll get be uh get to the show notes and there'll be a link that'll take you to Jeb Berry's site and you can pick up that c d um for uh what's this what's the sticker price on the c d what will it be
2: ten dollars shipping and handling included
0: ten dollars shipping and that's yeah. a lot of music for ten dollars i'm going to say that right now um so you can get including ten dollar girl. For a $10 CD. $10, yeah. <laughs> Do you like that? That was pretty slick, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. You came up with that just like that, didn't you? Yeah, I, you know, like it's that.
0: almost like... Oh, I don't know what it's like. It's like I've had three, four cups of coffee this morning is what it's like. Um, well, I can tell you, we are looking forward to seeing you play live. So I will, dear listeners, I will keep us updated uh, when Jeb is back in town and playing out and about and hopefully we will we'll expand our venue database and, and, you know, y'all will help me. Jeb, you'll help me when you think of some, won't you? Definitely. You know, places to play and places that you'd like to play. And we'll put some pressure on, uh, on these proprietors. We'll strong on them into opening up their, their stages. That's not true. That's not true. We're going to work with them and we're going to be nice about it. Jeb, it has been a pleasure having you on Indecent Exposure. Travel safe and have a great summer.
2: Oh, thanks a
0: lot. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Please hang up and try again. I'm Molly Pinto Madigan, and you're listening to Indecent Exposure on the Greylock Glass.
0: You've been listening to an interview with Jeb Barry here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. I'll tell you, it's very refreshing to speak with such a, a lucid and keen observer uh, about the life that uh, many people face in towns that have seen better days. And uh, using his gifts as a poet and as a musician, he has, he's done a good job capturing uh, some of the you know, snapshot day to day experiences and putting them down on the, in these tracks. I, I really encourage you to, uh, to follow the link in the show notes and pick up a copy of this, of this release uh, as soon as you can. He won't be playing in the Berkshires for at least a, uh, a couple of months maybe, but uh we'll let you know when he's coming around again. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed Milltown Number Two. And we dropped that right in the middle of that interview. And it's it's kind of a flagship song of that album. Um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't play one other tune from this this release. And I think I'm gonna play Hard Times Come Around Again, which is in the same vein uh, as as Milltown number two, and I think it really showcases his talents. Uh, again, here's Jeb Berry uh, off of his brand new release, Milltown, with Hard Times Come Around Again.
3: Well, there's a hole in that mountain. Hell, now it's just a grave. The cold ran dry this town died, the lucky ones got away, and hard times come, hard times come around, hard times come around again. Dad jumped a parade on December We never saw him again My check the box for a letter she never got I wonder what she said to him in heaven Hard times come. Hard times come around. Hard times come around again. Work yourself to death it makes no difference. The poor are on the wrong side of the law. I've learned In this bitter world No one misses you Even when You're gone And Hard times come Hard times come around Hard times come around again
0: Perhaps those who may be among us for the first time
2: may be wondering what is going to happen now. What you're going to hear about is nothing short of a miracle. It's dramatically new. Made possible only through years of research, invention, and innovation. Living stereo. I'm therefore going to ask anyone here who is
0: not in tune with us to submit to a very simple process of control. You may be wondering, I was wondering what was going to happen next until I got this notification in my inbox that said, check out this release from Rhythm Express. Now, despite despite what I said about classic tunes, classic rock in that interview... I have to just, uh, I have to just embrace the hypocrite that I am because I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna load up, uh, I gotta break out the turntable for this one. I'm gonna load up a song from Rhythm Express that is not a new song. It's a cover of a 1972 Temptations release, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. And I can tell you that, uh, it is you know, it's got it's a contemporary update of that classic, uh, but it has all of the original heart and uh and 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 mood. Now, I should say that um there is there seems to be no album available, but I have provided links to their Facebook page, uh The Rhythm Express, and I have provided links a link to their CD Baby page, where you can download this download the single for ninety nine cents. Uh, what that means is we're just going to have to keep keep up with this uh, this really you know wonderful lineup of musicians, and see where they go from here. For now, let's listen to a brand new release from Rhythm Express. Papa was a Rolling Stone.
4: Go front preaching, talking about saving souls and all the time, up, uh, dealing in dirt uh, and stealing.
0: Stuff. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't kidding about that. That was Rhythm Express with their cover of Papa Was a Rolling Stone, originally by the Temptations. And in the hands of Rhythm Express, hasn't lost any potency, hasn't lost any relevance. And that's the show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Today was Saturday, July 11th, 2015. I have been your host, Jason Velasquez, known in an alternate universe as the mongrel. And I will talk to you again next week here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. Take care.